All right, and we're and we're here. Oh my goodness, that was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> we're here. Uh, this is the Games Under Grace podcast. I'm your host Sam, and I have with me Derek and David. Say hi, guys. Hello, I'm Derek. All right, and uh, we are a video game podcast, but and we work for um, the Geeks Under Grace website which is a Christian pop culture website. And we review things like video games, tabletop games, books, movies, really anything related to geek pop culture as it were. Even chairs. Sorry? Uh, LJ reviewed a gaming chair, so we got it all. (laughs) Man, everything. And headphones. Oh, wow, really? Dang. Maybe I should do that too. Anyway, um... So, yeah. If you send me taco sauce, I'll review it. <laughs> Chocolate sauce. Is that really game? Don't Whatever. Tempt me. Uh, so yeah, um, we all write for the video game department of the website. Um, although I think, Derek, you you do some cross articles, if I remember correctly. Yeah, my main um, obligation is tabletop reviews. Um, but I've done a lot of video games and I'm doing video game PR now. Also, this is root beer just so we get that out of the way. That's fine. I mean, there's no judgment here. Yeah, but I'm I'm contractually obligated for it to be root beer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> with the, wait, with the website or the or no, no, my my job, my university. Okay, fine. All right. And um Yeah, so that's basically it. Uh we just talk about video games. Uh, maybe like further down the line, we'll talk about other stuff. Um, since uh, Der- Derek and I love our JRPGs, uh, me more the Japanese games, anime probably will come up here or there. Uh, but we will try to stay mostly on video games, um, unless it's been a slow week. But uh, yeah, so we'll just go into our weeks. Uh, David, uh, why don't you start? Besides working, I haven't done much, but I've only been playing Stardew Valley, the Need for Speed Hot Pursuit remaster, and a little bit of Cyberpunk. Wait, are you playing Cyberpunk on PS4? Yeah, the PS4 Pro. Okay, so is it... I know it's supposed to be bad on PS4, but on the Pro, is it like... Tolerable? Is it okay? Is it good? Is it any better? <laughs> I haven't seen what it's like on the original PS4, but okay. it does have a lot of bugs. Um, they they do um, sort themselves out and finish rendering after a couple seconds. Um, but I've only had two major problems. One that it's crashed on me three or four times. And uh, I also encountered a, encountered a bug that hindered me from progressing because someone I was supposed to follow died. So, oh, shoot. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> that would never happen in Sturdy Valley, is all I'm saying. No, it wouldn't. Well, I mean, Sturdy Valley is also on a completely separate scale, uh, to be perfectly fair. But then again... Uh, it's pretty easy to dunk on cyberpunk right now. Uh, it is. I, and I am enjoying it. It's just, aside from a few bugs, it's, it is a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I've been hearing that aside from the technical bugs, once you're past that, um, as hard as that can be, the story and the gameplay are actually good. Uh, yeah. What, which is what I've been hearing from some people. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, unfortunately, so I, I can't really offer much since I haven't touched it yet still. I got opinions. I haven't played it either. But if the story and the gameplay are that good, the pro like you could have done them with like PS3 level graphics, right? So like I, I just like last month or a month ago, maybe two months ago, I played um, Trails of Cold Steel 4. And if you look at that and like FF7 Remake, they look a generation apart, literally, even though they both came out this year. Like Trails is on an old engine. But it it's smooth though and it plays right and it doesn't have to look like games it's great the games can look really good but if that's what you have to do to get to the limelight and then the game is buggy because imagine if they had like not tried to make the game look so good and they did all that with like way worse graphics they could have had a really good game and it's like well maybe people wouldn't have noticed but my counter argument to that though is like hades right that game it's slick but it's i mean it's not triple a graphics it's you know a much lower I don't want to say quality, but much lower resolution um, and probably not as difficult of assets to load, but the game looks great and it still gets attention. So it, it frustrates me that people would rather have really, really good looking buggy games, or at least developers think this, than like mediocre looking but smooth games. Yeah, I think CDPR kind of hurt themselves from the beginning with the original trailer with Keanu Reeves because they didn't say that it wasn't gameplay footage and it looked incredible. So that's what people started to expect from it. It's also amazing to me how people are kind of treating them like like this Goliath that is, you know, getting its comeuppance when they've had like one huge game. Like obviously it was huge enough for them to be a industry, you know, giant, but The Witcher 3 is their only like gigantic game, right? Uh, Witcher 2 and 3, yeah. Um, 2, if I remember correctly, was very well received. I think the other thing, too, is that um, all the Witcher games are significantly long games. Uh, although, um, I suppose Witcher 3 is the only one that has any sense of open world uh, mechanics to it. I haven't played two, so I can't really attest to that. But yeah, three is very open world. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, um, it is really weird because, uh, you know, you think about the amount of time that the game has supposedly been in development. Um, like I, I think I think it should have been in development for about a total of eight years. Um but then like you hear you look at some of the news and then um like you see things like how uh they had to scrap they had to scrap a they had to scrap it like once and then start over. 
again, which uh, seems to be it, it. It seems to be a regular thing, although it it's best to be avoided, obviously. Um, but then you think like you know, with the state that it's in, you know, what were the developers working on uh, that like didn't show up in the actual release for that matter. Um, and I suppose another thing too, is that, um, yeah, this game was highly anticipated, but there were also many other games, um, that I would say are of a similar scale, like Skyrim, uh, to a certain degree, Fallout 76 as well. Um, you know, you're, your opinion may vary when it comes to 76 in particular, just because like uh, in one way it could be seen that that wasn't actually an actual main project that they want to work on. It was just something that they thought that they could do on the side after uh, releasing fallout four. But you know, like there are lots of games uh, of similar scale that have, uh, similar types of problems, but I suppose um, this was sort of a perfect storm of just bad timing, honestly. And then uh, the follow-up with what the company, or uh, sorry, not the company, rather what the executives of the company were doing, were doing um, in the background uh, that were found out is another problem too um that it's like now cyberpunk isn't even a story about the product anymore it's a story about the company itself which is very unfortunate um you see you see like how their stock their stock value has gone down a significant percent i think a little over 30 percent or something and it's really disheartening because i think with how well received Witcher 3 was and when that game came out that also has its own problems but even then uh, there, there is proof that like uh, putting aside the crunch issue I, I know that's something we should acknowledge but just putting that aside for now it's very clear that CD Projekt Red can put out a good a good product uh, potentially even a great product but for whatever reason, uh, Cyberpunk just turned out to be, was just a worse situation in general than any of their other projects. So one of the early reviews I saw said something like, this is eventually going to be a great game, just wait for them to finish it. And it was, they were like, you know, like a year from now, they're going to patch it all and it's going to be fantastic. So I'll be curious to see um, a year from now, if the game is actually, you know, playable and fantastic and kind of has this after this kind of, you know, plummets at the beginning, but then kind of curls back up and stays in the zeitgeist. Yeah, I'm curious to see like, if that happens or not. Will, will it have a No Man's Sky uh, return to glory, I suppose? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I hope Sam, so. Sam, what have you been playing? Oh, uh, David, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I just said that I hope it it does get better. Oh yeah, no for sure. Um, 
I mean, I want to play that game as well, but obviously, like, in the state that it's in, I'm just going to wait. Um, I'll just wait a year, and I'm perfectly happy with doing that right now. Uh, yeah, probably for the best. So, um, Okay, so in my case, um, I, th I thought I didn't really do all that much, but actually, now that I think about it, I did. Um uh, unfortunately, I, have, I haven't gone back to Fuser after doing the review as much as I really want to. Uh, I still say that game, that that game, unfortunately, was done dirty for releasing as late as it as it did because I genuinely believe it to be one of the best rhythm rhythm games that we've gotten in a long time. Um, hang on, I need to check Steam real quick. Uh, so there are a few smaller games that I just tried out for about an hour piece. Um, one was this game uh, called to uh, Tokoyo, the Tower of Perpetuity, or Perpetuity, the Tower of Perpetuity. <laughs> I don't know why I pronounced it weird. We still don't know which way was correct. <laughs> yeah. We're just trusting you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hope someone corrects me. So I'll, I'll be perfectly fine with that. Uh, Tokyo, it's a very interesting game. Um, it's still in early access right now. But uh, I, I guess the best way to describe it is like... Um, it's, it's essentially a speedrunning game where... Or sorry, hang on one second. Let me just let me share this actually. So it's actually a speedrunning game. Um and uh as you can tell, it's very Japanese. <laughs> I, I like my Japanese games. That's all I can really say. Um, it is an early access, but... Um, uh, what was I saying? Right, it, it's a speedrunning game. Sorry, uh, let, me, let me try to summarize this up as fast as I can. Where... Um, the... Where you basically climb a tower. Uh, I... I I haven't even gotten past like nine floors. It, it's relatively difficult, but it's it, it might be easier for some other speedrunners for sure. But um, the tower map basically changes every 24 hours, and then people who play the game basically just run as best as they can until they complete a run, and then they their timers are recorded, and you're basically just competing with everyone else who's playing the game on the leaderboard. Um, and now I said it's a speedrunning game, but also it's like a bullet hell as well. Um, there are boss fights. Uh, there's definitely some platforming in there for sure. Uh, it, it's a very interesting game. It, it's... 
I don't know how to really describe it in terms of like whether I would recommend it or not because it's really rough. Um, but I think um, I, I think this is like a fun game for people who just want to like play something that like really challenges them at uh, some old school platforming. Um, the bullet hell bosses are definitely another thing. Which is just like, th those bosses are pretty crazy as well. Uh, that's pretty much it. I don't know if you guys so have any questions on this or not, but... I don't have questions, but it's a good transition because I want to gripe about platforming. Oh, um, in, in that case, hang on. Let me uh, get to my other stuff then. Um, I have actually finally picked up uh, Hades on my Switch, actually. Um, good. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I finally just decided, hey, you know what? I, I think it's about time that I just give this game a shot and just see what everyone's so hyped up about it for. And, um, I, I even tweeted just like my first experience playing it last night. And I basically said like, um, yeah, so I played it for a bit, you know, just to try it out, not going fully fully in or anything like that. I unlocked a few things. Uh, I, I died several times. I still can't pass the first boss. Um, Megara, I think. And then I, I think said, it's Megaya, maybe. I, mean, I can't remember if it's an E or an R. It, it's spelled M-A-E-G-A-R-A. -A -A. So Megara. Or uh, the uh, the son of Hades. I, I forget his name, actually. Um, Zagreus. Zagreus, uh, he calls her Meg. Um, yeah, you can just go with Meg. Yeah. I, I still haven't been able to beat Meg yet, uh, even though I've gotten to her relatively easily, like, in all of my runs. Um, and yeah, in my tweet, I said, um, yeah, it seems kind of slow. Um, I, I might need to play more before I can fully develop an opinion on it. And, and then I looked at my clock and it said, um, and I've been playing that game for two hours without even noticing. And, and that's the end of my tweet. Oh, no, 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 no. The end of my tweet was, yeah, I guess this game is pretty good, actually. <laughs> and So uh, I also, oh, go ahead. You got more? Oh, no, just, just wanted to say real quick, like, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Hades is one of those roguelikes where um it, it doesn't hit you with that immediate at, at least for me it didn't it doesn't hit you with that immediate oh i'm having fun kind of thing it's it's one of those things where it's like you're you're just casually playing it and and it's like every time you die you're just like okay maybe one more run and then you do another run and then you die again and then you go, no, no 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 one more run and that cycle just keeps repeating itself. Yeah, I've also been playing Hades. So to give some context, uh, a few of us at Geese Under Grace do a thing called Backlog Golf, where um, during the year, if you buy new games, you get a penalty because points are bad because it's golf. And then when you beat games, you get negative points. And But we, after the first year, kind of fell apart at Black Friday because everybody wanted to get the deals. So we have a window called Jubilee where you can buy stuff and then we'll start again the next year. And so I um, 
I got like to the end boss at a bunch of JRPGs to like get points for this year. And but then and we all had bought some stuff, but like the last day, like on New Year's Eve, I was like, this is my last chance to buy a game. So I bought Hades, even though it's really not my style of game at all normally. Um, I don't really just some terrible action games. But a few RPG sites covered it or called it an action RPG. I was like, eh, maybe this is a stretch, but I, that's all I've been playing since. Um, and so the the first thing about it is that I haven't played that many action games, but the game is smooth. Like I feel like I know, understand the button presses, and I feel like I know what I'm doing. And the the there's not that many inputs. It's pretty straightforward, and and because as you get progressed, you get new things that give you more abilities. It's a very natural. I know at no point have I ever felt like man the control is not doing what I want it to do, which I feel that way a lot. I've been playing the Tales RPGs, like um, Tales of Berseria and oh, Tales of Zestaria, yeah. and <laughs> the combat's terrible in those two games. I, I, so, I, go ahead. I, I'm I'm hard pressed to say if the combat in Tales is necessarily terrible. I I think at least in the newer games like Berseria and um, uh, whatever the whatever the one before that was, they do a terrible job explaining the combat like yeah it's the, just a, it, it's it's information overload when it comes to tails combat it, it's and at the same like, time like bro like bro slow down i i can't even compute like half of what the game just threw at me so at the same time i was playing tales of hearts on vita which is more of an old school tales game more like symphonia and the tail system used to be good i i thought it was simple and effective but then when for Zestery and Bracera they really messed it up so but anyway it was night and day playing those in Hades and then um I was looking for games to beat to like knock off my bat log and I was like I'm just gonna we can also you can abandon games if you've played en enough time into them and you're just like I'm not gonna beat this I give up and so I was like four hours into Celeste and I was just like I can't physically do this I'm terrible uh, I'm just because I can beat Mario apparently I'm not a good platformer and then somebody was like you know there's like assist mode and I was like, oh, well, apparently the game just lets you become invincible and have infinite jumps if you want it. So I did that. <laughs> and you can also skip entire chapters. So I skipped to the oh, end, and I blazed through the last level with infinite jumps and invincibility, and I saw the ending. So I beat it, and then I just felt empty inside. Yeah. And I was like, Why? I feel like I used a cheat code for no reason. I, I mean, and... that, that basically is a cheat code. <laughs> and i'm somebody like i'm 35 i don't have time to get good i have two kids so anytime people talk about playing like a souls game or something that are like Sekiro defending like not having an easy mode or whatever like i played jedi fallen order on padawan and i had a great time you're jedi you're supposed to kick butt so i i'm generally for easy modes but doing that in celeste it felt like too far, and I never thought. I'm I'm very conflicted because I never thought I would say this game is, has too much of an easy mode, and you shouldn't be allowed to do this. Of course, the entire point of Celeste is that it's supposed to be hard, right? But there there are options to like you can do like just a double jump or something. But I was like, well, I'm just gonna give it the best thing it gives me, and so like I don't think I could have convinced myself to not do it. But also, I just like was annoyed that it was there, which is not any way I've ever felt about easy modes before. But the, the contrast to make is in Hades, I've been playing it on God mode. And the way God mode works in Hades is at the beginning of the game, you have 20% damage resistance compared to like normal mode. So it's basically easy mode. But every run when you die, you get you add 2% up to it maxes out at 80% resistance. So 
you start roughly, not quite, but roughly on the same level as everybody else. And you get more stuff and you do get stronger and get all the upgrades everybody else gets, but also you're getting more and more damage resistant. So it's basically you're just kind of going at a faster speed of like getting better. Mm-hmm. Except you're not getting better, it's just getting easier. But it still gives me that feeling of like, I'm working hard for this and I've gotten farther and I'm doing better. And I and I wrecked Meg the you know, last few runs I did because I've, you know, I've gotten better too. But also the game's been easier for me. So I'll probably finish it faster than most people. But it's just a brilliant easy mode because I still feel like I earned it. Even though it is like getting easier and easier for me on top of all the stuff that's supposed to make it easier and easier from just being a roguelike. And so there's just such a contrast to me where Hades easy mode is so good and so natural and Celeste just annoyed me that it was there. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm I'm somewhat hard-pressed when it comes to uh, easier difficulties, I suppose. Um, and, like, video game studios have all handled it in their own ways. Um Personally, for me, um, what you're describing for Celeste, I would be extremely adverse to doing anything like that, uh, even if I wasn't to play that type of game. Because, like, for me, um, even for a game like Celeste, where I think it's like uh, half of playing it is to partake in the story, like, you can't really enjoy the story if you're not engaging in the gameplay at a at a level that makes that narrative work. Um, yeah, that story is about overcoming hard things. Yeah, which doesn't make sense for a game like Celeste, which is supposed to be one of those uh, perfect platformers, too. Um, it's really weird. It's down to the point where if you have invincibility on and you fall in a hole, you sit there and bounce on the hole. Like, you can't fall in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really aggressive, actually. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Because, like, um, you know, um, I, I prefer um, the quote-unquote character action games myself. Uh, games like Devil May Cry, uh, the series, anything by Platinum Games. Um, even to a degree, I suppose, uh, God of War, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not as much of a Souls player. Um, I, I like, I, I like the type of games that let me do really cool things, um, as like the overpowered, uh, player character, as it were. So that's why uh, character action games appeal to me more than the Souls games ever did. Um, Although, to be fair, um, I didn't play... I've only ever played uh, Dark Souls, like, a little bit. Didn't get very far. Uh, Bloodborne is the only type of those games that I managed to make significant progress. But I only ever gotten as far as... Uh, defeating uh, the spider of Rom uh, which I think is like the halfway point essentially um, but um, yeah e- even for Platinum games they do have s- some of them do have like easier modes as it were um, but they do um, 
they do come with caveats. Like, for example, um, if I remember correctly, in Devil May Cry 5... Oh, jeez. Excuse me. That's my dinner. Um, in Devil May Cry 5, if you play on the... If you play on the easiest difficulty, which is human, um, your combos, your combo meter can't go above uh, A rank. I think it, it might be A or S, but that means you can't get like double S or triple S, which is when you're like really reaching the peak of of like really optimal combo extenders in that game. Um, but at the same time, like, I would argue Devil May Cry 5 is by far the easiest Devil May Cry game to play uh, in terms of, like, doing combos. Like, uh, the new character, V, you play that character and you can easily hit a triple S combo rank um, in your first encounter with him, using him. Um, and, and it's... It, it was sort of hilarious to me where it's like, man, this character kind of feels like easy mode when when you're doing combos with with him. And you're kind of just like you're, you're basically just like fat fingering the entire all of the face buttons on the right side. But it still feels good because everything V does is cool. Um, so it doesn't necessarily feel unearned. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, uh, playing it on the easier difficulty then, and then when you play V and you're hitting that S rank and then it's just not going any further, it's just staying at S rank, then it's sort of like, well, now you don't, f it doesn't feel as rewarding because, uh, or well, if you are aware of the double S and the triple S ranks, it doesn't feel as good anymore because, like um now it's like you've mastered the system as much as you can but then like there's no visual indicator that you actually are doing better um but that that's that's a case specifically for uh the devil may cry series particularly so um but i guess yeah like I mean, just to go back on topic, because I did go on a bit of a tangent there. But, um, yeah, I don't agree with uh, that method of hand-holding, as it were, because it, it doesn't even make the game necessarily easier. It just makes it straight-up unplayable uh, in a certain sense. So I think in the middle of your tangent, you hit the right word, which is unearned. Because Celeste is really about, like, yes, I died 400 times, but I got there. And then um, and then all of a sudden it was just like, I'll just float to the top. And to me, that is why I think Hades, um, that game is brilliant in lots of ways. Especially, you tell me as you play more, you should DM me and tell me about the stuff you find out. Because even today, I'm probably, I'm probably like 10 hours in. And there was something today that I was like, I did not expect that, even after all this time. But to me, the most brilliant thing about that game is it's easy mode because it you still feel like it's earned. You feel like it's like one of those things that like when your parents are going easy on you when you're a kid and you don't know and you're like, I pulled it off. And then later they're like, yeah, I let you have it or whatever. But you but you felt like you earned it. And so um, 
the the god mode in Hades is extremely extremely clever way to do easy mode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Super Giant Games they've clearly oh wait that is the studio right Super Giant Games. Yeah, it's them. Okay, I I just wanted to make sure because like I haven't referenced them in a long time, but I I, I would have felt really bad because um, but yeah, like. Supergiant Games, they they have clearly shown to be very competent game developers, and it, it's I, I think it's always interesting how like they've managed to they've managed to flip the script on a very specific medium of the types of games that they make, but managed to make every game feel feel very unique to each other, and then. Um, and then Hades comes out, and it's kind of like it, it, it's kind of like this very unique entity, even for them, somehow. But but like all the all the craft, all the polish um, that you've that you've come to expect from Super Giant Giant, it's all there, and you're just like, yes, this is what I want. I'm here for it. I don't even care what type of game this is. Let, let's just Let's pick it up. Um, and it, also another thing, surprisingly, is that Supergiant Games have never had to rely on crunch either. So like, they basically stand as a as a relatively indie, but I think to, at this point, you, you may consider them like a like a double-A indie company, I suppose, where where it's like they're showing, hey, the way we do things, it can work um, as long as you understand like the scope of what you want to accomplish with each of your games. And they've clearly demonstrated that every time. And I just think it's awesome. You said the right adjective again. I, it's not the game with the biggest budget I played this year, or like the best looking game, but it's the most polished game I played this year mm. for sure. Now, David, are you an easy mode gamer? It depends on what it is. Normally, I just go from normal, but some games I don't want to deal with that. It's definitely a sign of old age for me because when I was younger, I would just play on normal. And then now, the first thing I do, I think even on PS5, I can't remember if that's part of it, but there's things now that like new games will. Like if you set, you can tell the PS5 always tell the game to invert my controls because I'm one of those people and it'll do it on games that like fit. I think it, I can't remember if difficulty in settings was like that as well because I want to go in there and be like just put it on easy mode before I even boot it up. But yeah, Celeste is the game that broke me because I just felt like this is this is too far. That's fair. There was also, I remember when um, Secure came out, there was a Kotaku article about accessibility and how like not having easy mode was like, I don't know what word they use, um, discriminatory or something like that. <laughs> I, I guess. I've, see, I've seen archaic. I've seen um, elitist. I've seen discriminatory as well. Yes. Which is very it, silly. It, but then again, could, at the same time, I think every time from software has come up with a game recently some article has come out and said uh this from software game not having an easy mode is 
discrimination against casual gamers. And That's I roll my eyes of- every time because it, it's like, it's the same story every time. It, it's not even like, it's not even whether it's true or not that whether easy mode should be in games in general now. It's just that like, you know, it, it it's like that meme. Uh, someone says a really easy joke. Someone in the crowd says, get new material. Person looks at card. It's the same joke over and over again. <laughs> I don't feel discriminated against. I just buy something else. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In, in the case of the, I mean, in case of Souls Likes, I played Fallen Order and I loved it. And I, you know, blazed through Stormtroopers because I'm a Jedi. That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. The only game like that that I've played that I've enjoyed is Code Bang. So does that have difficulty oh, settings yeah. or is it? Oh, yeah. Actually, I've been meaning to ask you about that. Yeah. It's easier than, because I've tried Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Neo, uh, that's all I can think of. And by the time the first boss comes around, I'm giving up on it. But with Code Vein, I was actually able to beat the first boss. So I'm enjoying it a lot more. I, I will say, um, not, not, to, not to discredit your effort and time into that game, um, because I played Code Vein for quite a while, too, and I did enjoy my time with it. But at the same time, it's like, um, I, I think... Um, yeah, like at the time when I did play Code Vein, um, like the experience I had with Bloodborne was still fresh in my mind. And it's just like, it kind of feels similar, but it also feels a lot more shallow in terms of the other Soul, Souls games. Um, and that's not to, and that's not to say like, you know, the studio did a bad job with the game or whatever they they clearly knew what they wanted to do it was just like let's just make um a, a nice pretty uh anime game that somewhat simulates souls combat and we're gonna make a ton of money on it which they did um so much so that they didn't even have to I, i'm pretty sure um uh, Oh no! Wait, no. They did charge DLC. Never mind. I was about to give them credit, but I forgot they didn't do that. I'm thinking of Neo, which never actually charged for DLC, because that's how confident they were in those games. Um, nice. So something else has me thinking about this too, with Souls games not having that, but also comparing to like roguelikes. Mm-hmm. There's um, there's like two ways that you improve, right? So the Souls games, my understanding is like you get better because you physically get better. You get muscle memory, you figure out the patterns and you become smarter and you're and you it's like, Hey, I'm better at this game because I practiced. But in, in games like Hades, there's also just like, I'm better because I got more stuff. Cause I went and, you know, and, and bought a bunch of upgrades. And to me, that is just a way more appealing way to do an action game. I don't necessarily like the starting from the beginning every time, but as, as a tabletop guy who is my favorite genre of, of card games or deck builders and um, engine building games like Magic or Dominion and Star Realms and things like that. Like, roguelites very much simulate that, like, big number go up, as Sam said it before. Like, that whole that whole philosophy of, like, now I got more stuff. It's almost it's almost like, well, it's not really, it's almost like a gotcha thinking currency, except they're not actually trying to rip you off. It's just like, 
hey, get this upgrade. Now you can do this cool thing. Now you can do this cool thing. And yeah, I'm also physically getting better at it. I'm learning, you know, the buttons better and knowing the attacks and dodging and whatnot. But if if you took Demon Souls and let me, you know, buy stuff every time when I died, maybe I'd consider it. Actually, it's interesting that you bring up um, Genshin Impact because, like, you know, that game, uh, as successful as it is and being free to play and everything, that game also has like a very explicit, explicit difficulty curve, and it's basically very binary in terms of the difficulty because, like, right now I'm in a situation where I need to farm for materials. But my world level is so high that I, I'm struggling just to get those materials where like uh, each one of those farming battles may take me like 10 to 20 minutes, depending on which which materials I need to farm for. Um, and it sucks, but at the same time, it's kind of like that's the experience I'm having now because of the way I played that game. And in a way, it's like I inherently caused that difficulty curve on myself because I didn't pay attention. Um, I, and I mean, like, there's a case to be made that it, it may be poor game balancing in that regard. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, even though Genshin Impact is a gacha game, no amount of real-world money that I pump into that game will change that difficulty curve for me like i'm stuck there right now and i'll have to dig myself out of it um, you're really at a spot where you can't just pay to get past it no that that's, the, that's the thing <laughs> no like that's the thing no no top tier characters aren't gonna get me out of that situation because i still need to level level up and rank up those characters to even be able to take on these uh, boss enemies that are currently like 11 levels ahead of my highest level character right now. That's rough. I, I, can, actually... do, I can do it, but it takes much longer. Um, and it's, it's a lot harder because like uh, I'm dying a lot. I have to, I have to cook a ton of food. Um, I have to make sure that like I'm, I have to make sure I've eaten food that gives me like increased attack, increased defense, uh, regenerating stamina, uh, plenty of revives and all that stuff. Um, having to heal like once in a while. It in, in some ways it almost feels like I'm playing an old school JRPG or even an RPG for that matter, where it's like, um, Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, although I haven't played it, but I have seen a full playthrough of it. It kind of feels like how playing through KOTOR is. Where it's like you're in an encounter and you're almost dead. And then it's just like, oh, well, I'm just going to exploit, pause menu, and just heal myself up really quickly. And then I'm back in the fight because <laughs> I don't want to die and have to restart all over again. That's any RPG. BRB Mega Elixir. That's true. Um, I mean, like, that—that but... that is somewhat binary. Um, and again, I'm not going to say that's, like, really good game design. I, I would say that's, like, somewhat poorly, poorly balanced game design. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, 
I'm having my own unique experience with Genshin Impact in a somewhat positive way. So, you know, like, who who's to say, like, who's to say, like, what difficulty is ranked by? You know what I mean? Like, what is necessarily the easy mode? What is necessarily the normal mode? What is necessarily the hard mode? It, If anything, it's more like, um, how do you make games... Um, easier or harder for particular people without them noticing that transition at all, I suppose. You're exactly right. That that there's a kind of a gatekeeping thing, right? So maybe that's another word used with the Souls games, but like who gets to set the standard of how hard these games are? And and again, what you said there at the end about like being able to not really notice. I do notice every time I die in Hades, it shows the God mode ticker go up. But when you're playing, it's not like, oh, yeah, this is easy. I forgot. And so it really does feel like they, they hide it behind there. Mm-hmm. And I also realize it's more like in the inverse of a gotcha, where a gotcha game, you usually hit some sort of spike, and they're like, oh, you can pay to go past this. And here it's more like you pay to make it. It's not you pay in the – maybe it's the same thing. I guess you pay and the difficulty goes down, but then you get a little bit farther. It's not like – it never really feels like a spike or anything. I, I will say um... – the thing you're talking about, um, it's really specifically related to like that particular set of mobile games. Like, um, I'll say, city builder games, um, puzzle games like Candy Crush Saga, and uh, and even some gotcha games. Although, really, I would I would argue um, I would argue Western games are more guilty of this than gacha games and than Japanese gacha games in particular because the thing about um, Japanese gacha games is like um, for the most part you don't actually have to engage with the microtransactions uh, to play the gacha roles in, in that regard um, much like with Genshin Impact you don't really have to engage with it um, yeah you can potentially get better units and better items, but like all those items and units, they all start at level one. They don't, they're not like immediately maxed out. Whereas like, um, you know, in, in other games, uh, I'm not going to give any examples because I can't really think of any in particular, uh, but I have experienced those, those moments that you're talking about is that in in other games they not only give you uh, objectively better items or units they'll also give you the ability to to immediately like level up those units as well which um, at that point is like a pay to win mechanic you know like that that's when the gacha becomes uh, explicitly nefarious as to like what they want you to do at that point, it's very clear. No, they do want you to pay, uh, so you can advance in the game, uh, which is also like you know, like at that point, like why are you wasting all this money uh, to play to play a mobile game where it's it's all about like force, where it's all about like encouraging people to pay money to advance in the game which is like that should really be up to you whereas like you know 
like I said, in Genshin Impact, yeah, sure, you can pump in thousands of dollars if you if you want to just to get like a particular unit or your waifu, husbando, whatever. But you still have to put in, um, you still have to put in like some time uh, and effort to get materials to level up that character. Uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like an easy street as it were. Um, although now that I think about it, I, I think there are some packs where you can get um, some enhancement material, but um, so, okay, maybe Genshin, in fact, is a bad example. And now my example has fallen apart altogether. But um, Gotcha. Yep. Oh, no. I'll be I right I want to leave this podcast now. <laughs> we, can, we can pause it for a second. Okay. And we'll use that as, like, the outro. Uh, I, I mean, personally, I've never thrown a controller uh, because... What? Well, because for a long time, I, like... I didn't work. Um, I basically had to like resell stuff just to save up and buy games or controllers. So I was always very careful with all my stuff. Also, like I would never do that as mad as I would be. The, the worst I've done is just like grip a controller really hard or, um, slam your keyboard. Uh, no, I have never done a keyboard slam. I Come have on. I have done a I have done an arcade stick piano where like I got that? really frustrated by a loss, so I just I just slapped the buttons on my arcade stick for a bit just to be like Alright, we'll come back. Oh no, what about you? Oh uh, well that's all you hear in a minute. It's too good of a story. Oh, okay. Sadly, it was not that long ago. <laughs> it should we, be like, you know, back when I was news to go to go through, uh, although it's mostly just news that I really care about. So I forgot we didn't talk about news. Yeah, it's OK. Again, it was a very slow week, but I, I mean, it was a slow week in general. But for me, it's like it's been a great week in terms of like what's being talked about uh, in particular that that near automata uh secret code that was found out confirmed by yoko taro the madman himself have you seen that in our chat yeah i saw it but also it's funny i saw it and it's kind of funny because two of our staff have started playing it and brandon didn't know that you couldn't save for like the first two hours and he died early on <laughs> Oh, that must have stung, too. Because, yeah, I, I forgot how long that introduction is, too, actually. Because, uh, yeah, like... Uh, oh, right, you haven't played it. So, yeah, like, for the first two hours, yeah, you you basically can't save. It, it's like one... It's like essentially one huge segment. It, it's... There are some playable parts. Um, but there is a lot of backstory. Um uh, for, like, well, see, Jamie, Jamie warned Damien, and it was like, by the way, you can't save the first two hours, but then Brandon bought it today and didn't scroll up and chat, and then he died. <laughs> yeah. I, I still say you should 
make an exception for that game, even though I know um, you don't play mature rated games by policy. It is on Game Pass, but I got enough other stuff to play for now. I, I would say install it before it goes off at the very least then. If you install something from Game Pass and then it goes off Game Pass, does the game lock down or can you keep it? I think you still keep it because, um, like, uh, wh- which one was it? I think um, not, that I should not have paid for entitled use game. Whoops. <laughs> All right. Because I downloaded it the day before it went off. Oh man, that's unfortunate. Hey David, before he hits record again, I was saying we should finish this by talking about the last time we threw a controller, but. Mr. Nice Guy here says he's never thrown a controller. I, I don't hey, think I have either. You guys got to be kidding me. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. It, it took me a long time before I finally decided to get a job for myself and try to be a responsible adult. And I even knew then, I didn't it's like, it. no, no, I will never throw this controller because I don't want to have to pay for another one. David, did you ever slap the keyboard? Not while gaming, because I don't often do PC gaming. Normally, it's because the computer is slow, and I'm pissed off. <laughs> All right, fine. I guess it's a bad idea, since you people don't throw your controller stuff. Oh, okay, hang, hang on. Actually, I think one is coming back to me. Although, I will say I'm not very proud of the moment, in particular, because... Um... You're not supposed to be. No, yeah, that's true. But uh... when was it? Oh, yeah, I, I think it was in junior high, and uh, it was my birthday, and um, I, I decided to do a sleepover, because I never really did that with friends from school uh, when I was even a younger kid. Um, and then, like, the next morning... Hold on. If this is going to get good, we should start recording. Oh, I am recording. I've, I've been recording, so we're good. Um, I... Uh, the the following morning, I put in um, Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter, and uh, one of the one of the kids I was playing against, he played Ken. Um, I I forget who I was playing as. I think I was playing as Ryu, maybe. But um, he just kept hitting me with uh, Fireball, I think, and I just kept eating it with my face and not knowing how to block properly. Uh, I I was a true scrub, and basically, and uh, I got very heated. Um, I I don't remember if I threw the controller, but I, I I think I did because I remember just storming, storming off upstairs, and then I got yelled at by my older brother for being immature, and then I had to walk back down, and uh. And uh, apologized. And then um, I, I don't even remember what we did after that. It was it was pretty bad for me personally. But um, um, you were all of us. Yeah. Um, in second grade, we were playing Street Fighter Two at a friend's house at a birthday party, and I was the only person that knew any commands, and so I would just shoot fireballs at everybody. And we were playing like winner plays the next person and you rotate. And I was not invited to next year's birthday party. <laughs> but the time I threw a controller actually was sadly somewhat recent. I, I made a point to play through every old Zelda game. So I was playing Majora's Mask on the 3DS. And there's a part, I forget what you had to do. You had, But you had to do something that was, I mean, the whole thing's timed. But you had to like get a water bottle or something and take it back. I just remember being underwater. 
and having to do this really long part. Maybe David remembers what part this is. And I, about the Goron quest, right? I don't know. I'm trying. Yeah, I pretty the, much blocked the Goron Springwater because um, Twilight Princess has a quest similar to that too. Yeah, but you Twilight Princess doesn't have 36 hours to do everything. Oh yeah. That's true. Anyway, anyway, I got I'd done it like four or five times, ran out of time, and I was like I was like running to wherever I needed to be, and the time ran out, and I threw the D 3ds, and I was pretty i was like i'm gonna throw it at the couch so that it doesn't hurt anything i threw it as hard as i could it bounced off the couch and hit hit the wall and there's a huge dent on the wall <laughs> just but it's just low enough that it, i didn't say anything to my wife and she just assumed the two-year-old did it and we're getting that we're getting the room repainted in this month and finally i was like you know that dent i did that she's like how'd you do that i was like i threw my <laughs> she's like how old are you 35 <laughs> so yeah I fessed up eventually, but it was like a year later. Hey, I, I mean, uh, God bless your wife for <laughs> for being patient with you, I suppose. So, Well, she thought it was the two-year-olds doing for a long time. <laughs> and also, Majora's Mask is one of the worst games ever made. Ooh, strong words. Those are it's one of my favorite Zelda games. I think it's a lot of people's favorite Zelda games. Let's not get into that right now. Uh, that that's like a whole discussion, I think, altogether on its own. Hey, David, there's gotta be there's gotta be a time you got super mad at a game. Come on, you didn't have to throw anything. Talk was, about your best gamer yeah. moment. <laughs> I used, I mean, I knew I'd get in trouble if I threw a controller, so I never did that. But I used to beat up a pillow if I got too angry. Wait, when did the pillow get it the worst? I'm not sure, but then when I eventually ended up hitting my own arm, I realized, oh yeah, I'm gonna stop that. <laughs> You know, now that I think about it, I'm surprised I didn't even have like a another real gamer moment like that time back in junior high. Because like um, when I started college, Super Meat Boy just came out and I played that game like crazy. Um, I, I never even beat it. I, I got stuck at one particular part. I have no idea how how I never like screamed or raged or anything because there were points where I was just so frustrated with that game, but that game was fun. But at the same time, I think it kind of ruined uh, speed platformers for me just in general <laughs> after that. Sam has yet to discuss a game and make me want to play it. You know, out of all the times that we've had these conversations. Well, the thing <laughs> is, is like, I mean, I say that, but like, Super Meat Boy was that first uh, platforming game that was all about like, hey, do this as best as possible. And I don't know, like something about that game like really gripped me where I was like, no, you know what? I I have a few Steam friends who, who are just only a few seconds ahead of me on this level. I'm just going to try again and see if I can beat them so I can rub it in their face. Competition might help me a little bit. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. For there, sure. we were talking about Celeste being hard in chat the other day, and somebody said, "Like, you think that's hard? Play Super Meat Boy. That's for real gamers, or something yeah. along those lines." And we were like, Basically. "Dude, <laughs> Celeste is hard. Give us a break." <laughs> Unless you have invincibility and infinite jumps. Well, to be fair, I haven't played Celeste either. Uh, I know I'm gonna catch a lot of flack for that, but. Like, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart when I said, after playing Super Meat Boy, as hard as I did all those years ago, playing any other platform that was similar to that just did not feel the same for me anymore. 
Like it, it's it's genuinely hard for me to want to pick up that type of game again. You but, should um, eventually, if it's on Super Sale, you should try it because I I don't I haven't played Super Meat Boy, but Celeste manages to make the narrative tied to the gameplay pretty well when you play it, you know, correctly. You know what? That I haven't seen on a lot of platformers. Uh, once once it's available for an affordable price, I can I can do. Um, I'll get it and play it. If you play PSO two with me, and nah, I'm good. No, you must. <laughs> you must. I I after after you challenged me about how I didn't sell you on PSO two, it's now my personal mission to convince you. I'm almost convinced on FF fourteen, but that's because I've heard so many people say it. Mm-hmm. Well, that I I mean. If you had to choose between the two, I even I would say I think FF fourteen is more worth your time. But uh, all right, now that we've all got our anger out of our system, do you want to wrap up with some news? Yep, we're gonna do that right now, with uh probably the most interesting and something I definitely did not expect to hear about. Um, Arc System Works announces a new title that they're working on called. DNF Duel. Um, now, uh, DNF Duel is based on Dungeon Fighter Online, uh, which is a Korean developed game by publisher Nexon and developers uh, Neopol. Um, and they're receiving help from Arc System Works, which uh, seems to be working in engine of their previous games. And uh, surprisingly, um, aiding is also is also helping development as well. Uh, if you guys don't know, aiding is uh, one of the studios that assisted in the Marvel vs. Capcom three. I-, I gotta say, like this is probably this is actually a first for me because now I can actually act like one of those people who who's like heard of one of these one of these interacting elements which would be arc system works but never actually interacted with um the other element which is dungeon fighter online and it feels weird i have to say and i have to wonder is is this what it was like for people who played who picked up a Dragon Ball Fighters. All I can say is if you guys wanted American gaming news, you came to the wrong podcast. Well, with me as the host, that's that's going to be tough. And again, the um, news was slow this week, so I'm just picking stuff that I really cared about, honestly. Well, it seems like everybody at Geeks in the Grace got the Nier Automata bug this week to play it and to buy it, not the actual... I guess it's not a bug, it's a cheat code. That wasn't anything that happened. Yeah, uh, right. that is on the bracket, which I will bring up. So, give me some context here. So, Nier Automata is the 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 hottest game of that series. Nier Replicants coming out. Is that a remake of the original Nier? Or is that a separate game? What is that? Nier Replicant is a remake of the of the original Japanese version of the game, um, because um, the version of Nier that uh, the U.S. and the U.K. got uh, 
the main character was aged up. But in Japan, um, the main character was much younger. Uh, like, like effectively, um, like effectively, uh, the character we had that we got for Nier was a father, and the character in Japan, in the J Japanese version, is a big brother essentially. Um, this is for Nier, not Nier Automata. Yes, uh, for Nier specifically. Um, yeah, uh, Nier Automata is is essentially a sequel to the original Nier, but it takes place like um, thousands, thousands, I think even millions of years after that first game. So uh, whether there's any direct, whether if there's any direct connection, that's hard to say is the problem. But um, I will say after going through Nier Automata myself, I see, I see the bits of appreciation people would get out of playing the original Nier for it. Now, given how big Automata was, is Replicant going to be a huge release, you think? Like FF7R level, maybe not half that, but or is it going to be like just, you know, only the diehard fans of Automata are going to appreciate it? It really depends because, um, I, I mean, like, um, the original Nier, um, from what I've seen of it, the gameplay is very, is very uh, unique. Um, it, it doesn't play like Nier Automata in any degree. Although, um, if I remember correctly, uh, the preview that we got of the gameplay of an early build of the Nier Replicant remake, it seems like they did change things around a bit so that the gameplay reflects more like um more like the combat in Nier Automata. Um say say for uh say for the bullet hell mechanic um from the original Nier. Um that's still there and it's weird because it's essentially like playing a bullet hell from the third person perspective. So you don't necessarily see the bullet patterns as they come towards you, but you will be able to see them from from like a third person perspective, essentially. Um, and uh, you and um, there there were really only a few few boss encounters, including the secret boss encounter from Nier Automata, where you really get that feeling. Um, and that's all I can really say about that anything else and I'd be spoiling that game honestly so um, I guess this is a bit of a spoiler but um, now there's some cheat code for Automata where you can skip to the end yeah um, I, guess, I guess not now there always was yeah like that's the thing um, confirmed by Yoko Taro himself he said uh, in response to this tweet right here he said uh, three years 11 months so nearly, nearly reaching four years before this uh, final secret, um, as he stated before, was discovered. Um, I I'm I'm not gonna play it because uh, it does. It, it does spoil a, 
a key moment in the final ending of the game. Uh, I, I did go through this clip myself. Um, I, I mean, it's mostly just the guy uh, recreating the cheat code. But um, the last part, I'm I'm just not going to play it for just for the sake of like let's just not open up that can of worms um but yeah apparently it's a working cheat code that if you execute it after defeating the first boss um it will it will skip you to the last ending immediately and unlocks all the bonus modes and i think um i i think this may include a debug mode it's been a while since i've played the game so i don't remember all the bonus modes in particular actually how on god's green earth did this guy figure out the cheat code it's just one of those things i mean like you know how did people figure out the uh uh the infinite lives glitch in super mario brothers right yeah that's fair or even the uh oh gosh what was it again the um the the glitch in Twilight Princess, um, where like, it, it's like you basically back hop alongside the edge of a cliff until you until you hit like a place marker where where the mailman is supposed to flag you down and he's running towards you, but he it's not actually a cutscene. It's like an in engine. It's like an in game in game cutscene. So the model. The model of the mailman starts running towards you, but then it shows him running off the edge of the cliff and he falls down. And then and then basically you're just stuck in limbo where the game freaks out and essentially like slow renders uh slow renders like the outside box of the in-game world itself. And it takes like hours for it to complete. It 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 doesn't break your game. It does eventually like complete the sequence all the way through, but I guess it's like the I, I guess it's like the borders of the in-game world itself of that in Twilight Princess were like so large that it basically just it basically just breaks the game's render render and causes it to just freak out and kind of turn it into like this cursed video thing or something. <laughs> I'm sorry, cool. are you talking about Cyberpunk? No, I'm, I'm talking about Ouch. Twilight Princess. I, I wish it was Cyberpunk. That that might be a different cool thing that you could do. But yeah, that's basically it. Um, but I mean, you know, congratulations to Lance McDonald uh, for discovering the final secret. Um You know, it, it's it's a fun little thing. Uh, and we'll just quickly wrap up. Um, Yoko Taro and his boy, Yosuke Saito, they have announced two extra games that they are currently working on. Um, and uh, <laughs> if you notice by this subtitle here, Saito is not very enthusiastic about one of them. So it's... So one of them is definitely another one of those. Yoko, please, we need to eat. Why do you keep coming up with these weird ideas, basically? Uh, 
you manage to sell me off of a game before it even comes out. <laughs> that's, well, that's I mean, new. it's not even my fault. It, if anything, it's Taro's fault. Uh, also, you should keep an open mind, Derek. I'm just saying if the creators of the game aren't even behind it, what are we even doing here? Well, no, Taro is. Uh, Saito isn't. That's the thing. Um, but thankfully, they did. It, it looks like they did happen to agree on the second project that they're currently working on. Um, no news about that yet, but uh, but um, we'll have to keep our we'll have to keep our ear to the ground um, for whenever these come out. And then um, finally, something that you can talk about, <laughs> Derek. I suppose. After three long years, Mistwalker's new game, Fantasia, is nearing completion. Nearing completion, not gone cold yet. Um, I had I, just asked Sam last week, like, we were talking about Mistwalker. I think we are talking about Lost Odyssey or something, and I was yeah. like, Where, what happened to them? Where did they go? Because the last story is one of the best games I've ever played. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they're doing some mobile game. And then today... Sam was like, they're making a new game. And then he said Apple Arcade. And then I got sad. I mean, to be fair, like, um, they did announce this. They did announce this back when Apple Arcade was announced. It's just that I've completely forgotten about it. That's the thing. So, um, so to, to give myself hope, there have been other Apple Arcade games that eventually just ended up on Switch, right? Yeah. Um, I know Capcom's project that was on Apple Arcade got ported to Switch last year. Um, it was called Shin Sekai Into the Depths. Um, I don't know how that game actually is. I, I didn't even realize it It got released to Switch. I, I think... Um, but I, I think the idea is for, like, for most of those titles, they are timed exclusives. And then the company's the studios or companies are free to release those games on any other platform afterwards. Um, and I knew this, and I knew that was going to be a thing because, uh, like Apple arcade got, uh, Sayonara wild hearts, but, uh, obviously that, obviously that game was released to other platforms as well. So they didn't necessarily have to stick to just Apple arcade. Offhand comment, Sayonara Wild of Hearts has to be one of the coolest looking games with the crappiest gameplay I've ever played. Oh, why'd you have to say that? Although I, I suppose I can understand why you think I mean, it's, it's gorgeous, and it's it's got a great theme, a great feel, great music. It just wasn't that fun to play. That's the worst. Wait, you didn't like it either? Oh my goodness. I think well, you meant the concept. The concept, yeah. I haven't actually played it. Oh, okay. Save your money. <laughs> Actually, honestly, just go get the soundtrack on Spotify and you've got the best part of the experience. Good to know. Uh, it, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, the music is fine by itself, but um, I, I will say some of those tracks um, in that game are probably, were probably like some of my most favorite levels in in any rhythm game in particular. Which is weird to say because I don't really think of rhythm games in terms of levels, or uh, in terms of their levels rather. But uh, Sinar Walter definitely did that for me. 
just because of like um the freedom of movement in that game where it's like normally for rhythm games you're kind of like you're kind of like stuck on a map and you can't really do much else otherwise yeah i tried playing cadence of hyrule and i just can't even do it like the fact that you, pretty much everything has to be on the beat and so on our wild hearts that is true you had flexibility you could just move whenever and you were like the more with the beat you are the better you're gonna do mm -hmm. but it wasn't like if you're off the beat you just get wrecked yeah yeah um i i can definitely understand your frustration with canes of hyrule um although i did play necrodancer quite a bit um and honestly like cadence of hyrule is nowhere near as hard as necrodancer is oh my goodness then i'm erasing that one from my backlog because i bought that one too and i don't think i'm ever oh, gonna really oh man i'm sorry if if anything i would say definitely take a listen to those to those soundtracks and the and the different artist renditions of those soundtracks because those songs are really good it, it's like it's like some of my favorite um, video game music, I suppose. Yeah. Well, if I, that was the end of the... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, that's basically it. Why don't we wrap up with, since January's... It's kind of a slow... It's this is a new year. It's kind of slow news-wise, but maybe let's talk about the game. The soonest game coming up you can think of that you're looking forward to. For me, that's Bravely Default 2. Oh, that's coming uh, out in February. Actually, in that case, I can bring this up again. Because I had releases.com open on the side. So right now, um, I'm not qualified to podcast. I didn't know that site existed. Oh, really? Well, to be fair, I had only discovered this website recently myself. Um, this was actually really helpful in, in keeping up to date with like, uh, for like my reviews and stuff like that too, actually. Um, not, uh, I, I guess, I guess like the next big one would be Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game finally getting a re-release for, to, Many a fans, uh, many a fans applause. Per personally speaking, um, I'm not, I'm not as big of a fan of that game, honestly. Uh, although I understand why there are a lot of people who enjoy that game, I just don't think it's that good of a beat 'em up game, in my, in my personal opinion. This schedule begs a question for you, Sam. If Super Meat Boy was that impactful in your life, are you going to try Super Meat Boy forever? No. Uh, I checked out that game, and honestly, it's like... it. It When I saw the gameplay for it, too, like nothing about it even reminded me of the original Super Meat Boy. Like, it, it just looked way too different. Um like uh if anything it was like it, it's kind of the same feeling i got when i saw the trailer for ori and the forest of ori and uh not the forest um will of the wisps yeah will of the wisps where um 
you know, nothing against those games. Um, like, they just didn't appeal to me personally. But when I saw the trailer for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, I was almost like, there seems to be, like, a ton of stuff in this game that I'm not sure it even needs. Which is weird to say because it's like, you know, it's a platformer. Um, like, you can almost add anything to a platformer. And it's like, I don't know. It, it, it was a weird experience where it was just like, I just saw this 2D platformer and went like, there seems to be like too many mechanics almost in this game. Maybe it just, maybe it was just the trailer and like how it framed everything. But that's just what it seemed like to me. And I got the same feeling from Super Meat Boy Forever, personally. I'm stuck at the beginning of the first Ori, and I looked and looked and looked, and there's no infinite jumps or invincibility. So I think I'm screwed. You're going to have to play that but, one honest. David, are you going to check out Hitman 3? Probably not, because I haven't played the first two. You sound like Maurice. Got to do in order. Uh, What's up for you next? Me? Yeah. I have no idea. That's honestly probably a good attitude to have. <laughs> you, got, you just got a bunch of games to play. And are, everybody got Christmas presents, and I'm over here saying, looking at what's next. Yeah. I actually got to go through my Steam library um, for something quick I can just do on the side. Um, at least for me, um, games that I'm interested in, at least from this list... Uh, Bladed Fury, um, which kind of looks like it, it kind of looked like a clone of Muramasa and the deep Muramasa the Demon Blade from Vanillaware. Um, it it seemed interesting, but I'm not really expecting too much from it. Uh, hard to even say if I'll even be able to pick it up or not. Um, other than that. There's Atelier Ryza 2, um, which is a sequel to the first one. Um, Derek, I don't even know if you've played any of the Atelier games. I actually haven't played that series, but Jonathan Floyd on staff has played a bunch of them. So we have a review of the first one up, and I'm pretty sure he'll get he'll do that one too. Mm, okay. Then I don't feel as bad because I've tried playing one of those games before. Oh, boy. Talk about the most saccharine experience ever. Um, See that doesn't bother me too much. Yeah, I'm, I might check them out at some point, but I, I, all the reviews look like it, they all seem to indicate it's pretty good. And I'm going with the old man excuse again. I'm 35. I want great games, not pretty good ones. Oh, okay. Now this one, I'm definitely looking forward to Cyber Shadow, because this is actually Yacht Club Games' next title. Actually, that's Shovel Knight, right? It's their next game. Yeah. Oh wait, hang on. Oh, okay. I think they're only producing it, or uh, they're helping to publish it, because the studio yeah, I itself remember. is Mechanical Head. Yeah, this is it was on the um, the indie showcase for Switch that they just did like yeah. last month. It's again, if I was any good at platformers, I would be excited. Yeah, yeah. This seem this seemed to be like a somewhat Ninja Gaiden clone, for the most part. Um. Next, uh, there's Elijah. Um, 
I'm not sure if I'll check that out, but it does seem interesting. So, and then uh, a big one, at least for uh, PC and Xbox users, the Yakuza Remastered Collection. This one is actually a pretty big deal because it's the rest of the Yakuza games that currently are not available on newer consoles aside from PS4. So after you mentioned that the other day, I went and looked online. And as far as I could tell, physical copies were sold out like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like on Amazon, it was just like other retailer, you know, buy from yeah. other sellers that are scalping. So apparently that series is more popular than I give it credit for. Uh, I can yeah. see why. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, I, I mean, oh, yeah, David, like... did you start seven? Which one did you start, David? Zero. Zero. Yeah. The, the only thing is, is like... Um, Personally, for me, I it honestly feels like you could probably just play Yakuza Zero, and then maybe one of the Kiwami games, and then just go straight to Yakuza Seven at this point, because um, as far as like um, how good three, four, and five are, uh, everyone seems to agree that they all basically rank the same. It's just that like for Yakuza one and two, um, th- those games were like really old games, like PS two games essentially, or uh, or early PS three, I think, or no, or maybe I'm thinking of Yakuza three in particular. But yeah, um, this is definitely a big, a big pickup for anyone who's new to the Yakuza franchise and wants to have like more more of the same really um all all i can really say about three four and five is that like if you if you liked uh the kiwami games you're probably gonna get like the same the same as good of an experience with three with this collection so that's cool um you can tell who plays the most games around here since I asked everybody <laughs> the one they're looking for and Sam's like, hold on, I got 12. <laughs> I just drew a blank on what was even coming out this year. Yeah, I think I know more just because I've been doing PR, so I've got it. I'm trying to keep an eye out a little bit more. I forget what it's called, but I am looking forward to that basically Stardew in 3D game. I know what you're talking about. It's Xseed. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's I forgot about that one. Um, I don't know why I clicked on this one, but I figured I may as well just check it out real quick, just because it's based on a popular anime IP. I don't know, Derek. Derek, have you ever watched ReZero? I haven't personally. So. I I haven't watched it yet, but I was looking up stuff today because um, Amazon released what was the most streamed anime movies and TV in Japan in 2020. Now, I think it's just animation because, like, fifth movie was Secret Life of Pets 2. <laughs> the rest of it was actually anime. Um, but anyway, the most streamed TV series in Japan in 2020 was ReZero. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll check this out. I've seen the like the first half of the first episode, and I couldn't stick with it. Why not? I just found it kind of boring, and not. it didn't grab me at all. Well, it's okay. This isn't the anime department podcast, so you're safe here. Well, unless, I, I didn't. Unless do my, Derek I didn't slanders your you. name in that in that writer's chat. 
No, I just meant like I wanted to know why, whether I should start it or not. Not like how could you stop watching an anime halfway through an episode? Um, I mean, I like it. I just I didn't have any interest in it. Is all. I did read that it it was very gory, so I didn't make it far enough to be able to tell. I I mean with anime I I hold no expectations for a certain regard to a certain degree uh because it's like that that's the problem with modern anime right now you never know what you're really going to get um if you don't res- research enough and even then you may still get side uh side blanked <laughs> anyway uh, Yeah that's why I just wait until it's been out for a while Oh here's um, here's a big one uh for you, Derek. Yeast nine. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to wait until it comes out for PC. Sadly, as much as I have played every Trails game ever, and it's the same developer, I've never played an East game. Oh, really? Well, but, this yeah. is a good time to start. <laughs> yeah. It might be. We'll see. They uh we'll probably have a review. We'll have somebody do it. So it might be me. We'll see. Yeah. It depends on if I can convince Joe Morgan to keep doing reviews. Um, but uh, the game you're thinking of, David, is Story of Seasons from Exceed. That's it. Yeah, but uh, Yeast Nine is definitely interesting because it's like the, it's like their second attempt at the 3D version of a Yeast title. Um, because uh, those those games have been mostly like pseudo 3D, but with 2D sprites. Yeah, so the I'm assuming they're using the same engine that they use for Trails, and I I've read that the so they have a Trails game that is out in Japan on PS4 that hasn't come out yet, and then the next one they just announced that's coming out in Japan I think in 2021 is their first game on their new engine, which I assume means East Nine is on the engine that the Trails games are on, and mm-hmm. East Eight I guess probably was on the same engine. But again, Falcom makes great games, but graphically they're a generation behind. Yeah. I, I think I think more I think other fans would say they're modestly budget, budgeted. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. I I'm kinda excited for it though. It it's always nice to see like uh some of these more niche titles like still managing to stay stay in the game for the most part. Well, it's funny. It was in chat the other day. I asked if there was any series with longer running consecutive games than Trails, and you said, "I think you said East," and I was like, oh, "That's the same developer." <laughs> so apparently, they like to keep telling their stories. Yeah. Oh, this is this is actually a big one. I'm looking forward to Neo Two finally coming to PC on February fifth. Definitely looking forward to that. I enjoyed my time with Neo, although I never actually finished it. So maybe this is a good chance for me to go back to that game too uh, in the meantime i feel like with starting backlog backlog golf that this was a terrible idea to bring up and i really need to go back to the actually let's be honest as soon as we finish this up i'm gonna go play hades for an hour yeah i'm probably going to as well actually I think I've, I think I've been keeping tabs on this one, but this is an indie title, so no way to say if it's like, uh, if it's like highly anticipated or anything. I think this is just an indie title that I caught and was interested in, 
because Let's it reminded see. me of um oh what's that game Aster Breed I think which has the somewhat similar format although this kind of looks like um oh shoot do I want to say Armored Core the perspective is somewhat similar to Armored Core but I guess it kind of is I don't know Seems interesting though, but we'll have to see. Um, oh yeah, bravely, bravely default, February twenty six. Is that on your list, Derek? Uh, Derek, I think you're muted. Good. Yep. That's the only thing on my list right now. Yeah, I get penalty strokes for buying too much stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I far can, enough. You've I already taken this out to the market. Check out the Capcom Arcade Stadium. I don't know. I, I wasn't really too impressed, honestly, from what I saw from that trailer uh, during that mini direct, I think. But what's to say? Uh, I, I guess let's just scroll down real quick. If there was anything else. Oh yeah, there's Monster Hunter Rise in March. As as much as I'm looking forward to that game, I, I think I may not actually pick it up when it comes out, unfortunately. That's one I'm going to wait for reviews, and if they're really strong, I might check it out. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, I think that's a good stopping point. The... All right, and uh, uh, I don't, I don't know how to end these. Yeah. Um, well, I guess if you're gonna post a video, podcast, so you can tell you can tell us in the comments what game is. Well, I guess tell us one game in first three months you're looking forward to the most, and two, um, the last time you threw a controller and why. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tell us tell us all of your best gamer moments. Because we've all embarrassed ourselves, so now it's your turn. Please. Exactly. Anyway, thank thank you guys for listening to the podcast or watching the podcast. Watching the podcast. Whatever. Um, uh, if you liked what you've seen here, uh, make sure to just check out our content on geeksundergrace.com. And um, I'll, I'll have my personal Twitter handle uh, for when each of these podcasts are out and that'll be in the description below and um yeah that's it from us uh take care and we'll see you next time see ya see ya bye